Section 11 of Satires. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Satires by Juvenal. Translated by G. G. Ramsey. Satire 10. The Vanity of Human Wishes. In all the lands that stretch from Gades to the Ganges and the Morn, there are but few who can distinguish true blessings from their opposites putting aside the mists of error for when does reason direct our desires or our fears what project do we form so auspiciously that we do not repent us of our effort and of the granted wish whole households have been destroyed by the compliant gods in answer to the master's prayers in camp and city alike we ask for things that will be our ruin many a man has met death from the rushing flood of his own eloquence others from the strength and wondrous thews in which they have trusted more still have been ruined by money too carefully amassed and by fortunes that surpass all patrimonies by as much as the british whale exceeds the dolphin it was for this that in the dire days nero ordered longinus and the great gardens of the over-wealthy seneca to be put under siege for this was it that the noble palace of the laterani was beset by an entire cohort it is but seldom that soldiers find their way into a garret though you carry but few silver vessels with you in a night journey you will be afraid of the sword and cudgel of a freebooter you will tremble at the shadow of a reed shaking in the moonlight but the empty-handed traveller will whistle in the robber's face the foremost of all petitions the one best known to every temple is for riches and their increase that our money-chest may be the biggest in the forum but you will drink no aconite out of an earthenware cup you may dread it when a jewelled cup is offered you or when settine wine sparkles in a golden bowl then will you not commend the two wise men one of whom would laugh while the opposite sage would weep every time he set a foot outside the door to condemn by a cutting laugh comes readily to us all the wonder is how the other sage's eyes were supplied with all that water the sides of democritus shook with unceasing laughter although in the cities of his day there were no purple bordered or purple striped robes no fasces no palanquins no tribunals what if he had seen the praetor uplifted in his lofty car amid the dust of the circus attired in the tunic of jove hitching an embroidered tyrian toga on to his shoulders and carrying a crown so big that no neck could bear the weight of it for a public slave is sweating under the burden and that the consul may not fancy himself overmuch the slave rides in the same chariot with his master add to all this the bird that is perched on his ivory staff on this side the horn-blowers on that the duteous clients preceding him in long array with white-robed roman citizens whose friendship has been gained by the dinner-dole snugly lying in their purses marching at his bridal rein even then the philosopher found food for laughter at every meeting with his kind his wisdom shows us that men of high distinction and destined to set great examples may be born in a dullard air 
and in the land of mutton-heads he laughed at the troubles aye and at the pleasures of the crowd sometimes too at their tears while for himself he would bid frowning fortune go hang and point at her the finger of derision thus it is that the things for which we pray and for which it is right and proper to load the knees of the gods with wax are either profitless or pernicious some men are hurled headlong by over-great power and the envy to which it exposes them they are wrecked by the long and illustrious roll of their honours down come their statues obedient to the rope the axe hews in pieces their chariot wheels and the legs of the unoffending horses and now the flames are hissing and amid the roar of furnace and of bellows the head of the mighty sejanus the darling of the mob is burning and crackling and from that face which was but lately second in the entire world are being fashioned pipkins pitchers frying-pans and slop-pails up with the laurel wreaths over your doors lead forth a grand chalked bull to the capital sejanus is being dragged along by a hook as a show and joy to all what a lip the fellow had what a face believe me i never liked the man but on what charge was he condemned who informed against him what was the evidence who the witnesses who made good the case nothing of the sort a great and wordy letter came from capri good i ask no more and what does the mob of remus say it follows fortune as it always does and rails against the condemned that same rabble if nortia had smiled upon the etruscan if the aged emperor had been struck down unawares would in that very hour have conferred upon sejanus the title of augustus now that no one buys our votes the public has long since cast off its cares the people that once bestowed commands consulships legions and all else now meddles no more and longs eagerly for just two things bread and games i hear that many are to perish no doubt of it there is a big furnace ready my friend brutidius looked a trifle pale when i met him at the altar of mars i tremble lest the defeated ajax should take vengeance for having been so ill defended let us rush headlong and trample on caesar's enemy while he lies upon the bank ay and let our slaves see us that none bear witness against us and drag their trembling master into court with a halter round his neck such was the talk at the moment about sejanus such were the mutterings of the crowd and would you like to be courted like sejanus to be as rich as he was to bestow on one man the ivory chairs of office appoint another to the command of armies and be counted guardian of a prince seated on the narrow ledge of capri with his herd of chaldean astrologers you would like no doubt to have centurions cohorts and illustrious knights at your call and to possess a camp of your own why should you not even those who don't want to kill anybody would like to have the power to do it but what grandeur what high fortune are worth the having 
if the joy is overbalanced by the calamities they bring with them would you rather choose to wear the bordered robe of the man now being dragged along the streets or to be a magnet at fidenai or gabii adjudicating upon weights or smashing vessels of short measure as a threadbare idyll at deserted oulibre you admit then that sejanus did not know what things were to be desired for in coveting excessive honours and seeking excessive wealth he was but building up the many stories of a lofty tower whence the fall would be the greater and the crash of headlong ruin more terrific what was it that overthrew the crassi and the pompeii and him who brought the conquered quirites under his lash what but lust for the highest place pursued by every kind of means what but ambitious prayers granted by unkindly gods few indeed are the kings who go down to ceres son-in-law save by sword and slaughter few the tyrants that perish by a bloodless death every schoolboy who worships minerva with a modest penny fee attended by a slave to guard his little satchel prays all through his holidays for eloquence for the fame of a cicero or a demosthenes yet it was eloquence that brought both orators to their death each perished by the copious and overflowing torrent of his own genius it was his genius that cut off the hand and severed the neck of cicero never yet did futile pleader stain the rostra with his blood o oh, happy fate for the roman state was the date of my great consulate had cicero always spoken thus he might have laughed at the swords of antony better verses meet only for contempt than thou o famous and divine philippic that comest out second on the roll terrible too was the death of him whom athens loved to hear sweeping along and holding in check the crowded theatre unfriendly were the gods and evil the star under whom was born the man whom his father blear-eyed with the soot of glowing ore sent away from the coal the pincers and the sword fashioning anvil of grimy vulcan to study the art of the rhetorician the spoils of war and trophies fastened upon stumps a breastplate a cheek-strap hanging from a broken helmet a yoke shorn of its pole the flagstaff of a captured galley or a captive sorrowing on a triumphal arch such things are deemed glories too great for man these are the prizes for which every general strives be he greek roman or barbarian it is for these that he endures toil and peril so much greater is the thirst for glory than for virtue for who would embrace virtue herself if you stripped her of her rewards yet full oft has a land been destroyed by the vainglory of a few by the lust for honour and for a title that shall cling to the stones that guard their ashes stones which may be rent asunder by the rude strength of the barren fig-leaf seeing that even sepulchres have their doom assigned to them put hannibal into the scales 
how many pounds weight will you find in that greatest of commanders this is the man for whom africa was all too small a land beaten by the moorish sea and stretching to the steaming nile and then again to the tribes of ethiopia and a new race of elephants spain is added to his dominions he overleaps the pyrenees nature throws in his way alps and snow he splits the rocks asunder and breaks up the mountain-side with vinegar and now italy is in his grasp but still on he presses naught is accomplished he cries until my punic host breaks down the city gates and i plant my standard in the midst of the subura oh what a sight was that what a picture it would make the one-eyed general riding on the getulian monster what then was his end alas for glory a conquered man he flees headlong into exile and there he sits a mighty and marvellous suppliant in the king's antechamber until it please his bithynian majesty to awake no sword no stone no javelin shall end the life which once wrought havoc throughout the world that little ring shall avenge canai and all those seas of blood on on thou madman and race over the wintry alps that thou mayest be the delight of schoolboys and supply declaimers with a theme one globe is all too little for the youth of pella he chafes uneasily within the narrow limits of the world as though he were cooped up within the rocks of gyara or the diminutive seraphos but yet when once he shall have entered the city fortified by the potter's art a sarcophagus will suffice him death alone proclaims how small are our poor human bodies we have heard how ships once sailed through mount athos and all the lying tales of grecian history how the sea was paved by those selfsame ships and gave solid support to chariot wheels how deep rivers failed and whole streams were drunk dry when the persian breakfasted with all the fables of which sostratos sings with reeking pinions but in what plight did that king flee from salamis he that had been wont to inflict barbarous stripes upon the winds chorus and eurus never treated thus in their aeolian prison-house he who had bound the earth-shaker himself with chains deeming it clemency forsooth not to think him worthy of a branding also what god indeed would be willing to serve such a master in what plight did he return why in a single ship on blood-stained waves the prow slowly forcing her way through waters thick with corpses such was the penalty exacted for that long-desired glory give me length of days give me many years o jupiter such is your one and only prayer in days of strength or of sickness yet how great how unceasing are the miseries of old age look first at the misshapen and ungainly face so unlike its former self see the unsightly hide that serves for skin 
see the pendulous cheeks and the wrinkles like those which a matron baboon carves upon her aged jaws in the shaded glades of fabrica the young men differ in various ways this man is handsomer than that and he than another one is stronger than another but old men all look alike their voices are as shaky as their limbs their heads without hair their noses drivelling as in childhood their bread poor wretches has to be munched by toothless gums so offensive do they become to their wives their children and themselves that even the legacy hunter cossus turns from them in disgust their sluggish palate takes joy in wine or food no longer and all pleasures of the flesh have been long ago forgotten and now consider the loss of another sense what joy has the old man in song however famous be the singer what joy in the harping of seleucus himself or of those who shine resplendent in gold-embroidered robes what matters it in what part of the great theatre he sits when he can scarce hear the horns and trumpets when they all blow together the slave who announces a visitor or tells the time of day must needs shout in his ear if he is to be heard besides all this the little blood in his now chilly frame is never warm except with fever diseases of every kind dance around him in a body if you ask of me their names i could more readily tell you the number of opia's paramours how many patients themison killed in one season how many partners were defrauded by basilus how many wards corrupted by Heros, how many lovers tall mora wears out in a single season i could sooner run over the number of villas now belonging to the barber under whose razor my stiff youthful beard used to grate one suffers in the shoulder another in the loins a third in the hip another has lost both eyes and envies those who have one another takes food into his pallid lips from some one else's fingers while he whose jaws used to fly open at the sight of his dinner now only gapes like the young of a swallow whose fasting mother flies to him with well-laden beak but worse than any loss of limb is the failing mind which forgets the names of slaves and cannot recognize the face of the old friend who dined with him last night nor those of the children whom he has begotten and brought up for by a cruel will he cuts off his own flesh and blood and leaves all his estate to filey so potent was the breath of that alluring mouth which had plied its trade for so many years in her narrow archway and though the powers of his mind be strong as ever yet must he carry forth his sons to burial he must behold the funeral pyres of his beloved wife and his brothers and urns filled with the ashes of his sisters such are the penalties of the long liver he sees calamity after calamity befall his house he lives in a world of sorrow he grows old amid continual lamentation and in the garb of woe if we can believe mighty homer the king of pylos was an example of long life second only to the crow happy forsooth in this that he had put off death for so many generations and had so often quaffed the new-made wine 
counting now his years upon his right hand but mark for a moment i beg how he bewails the decrees of fate and his too long thread of life when he beholds the beard of his brave antilochus in the flames and asks of every friend around him why he has lived so long what crime he has committed to deserve such length of days thus did peleus also mourn when he lost achilles and so that other father who had to bewail the sea-roving ithacan had priam perished at some other time before paris began to build his audacious ships he would have gone down to the shade of Asaracus when troy was still standing and with regal pomp his body would have been borne on the shoulders of hector and his brothers amid the tears of ilion's daughters and the rending of polyxena's garments cassandra would have led the cries of woe what boon did length of days bring to him he saw everything in ruins and asia perishing by fire and the sword laying aside his tiara and arming himself he fell a trembling soldier before the altar of almighty jove like an aged ox discarded by the thankless plough who offers his poor lean neck to his master's knife priam's death was at least that of a human being but his wife lived on to open her mouth with the savage barking of a dog i hasten to our own countrymen passing by the king of pontus and croesus who was bidden by the wise and eloquent solon to look to the last lap of a long life it was this that brought marius to exile and to prison it took him to the swamps of minturni and made him beg his bread in the carthage that he had conquered what could nature ever in all the world have produced more glorious than him if after parading his troops of captives with all the pomp of a war he had breathed forth his soul in glory as he was about to step down from his teutonic car kindly campania gave to pompey a fever which he might have prayed for as a boon but the public prayers of all those cities gained the day so his own fortune and that of rome preserved him to be vanquished and to lose his head no such cruel thing befell lentulus cephicus escaped such punishment and fell whole and catiline's corpse lay unviolated when the loving mother passes the temple of venus she prays in whispered breath for her boys more loudly and entering into the most trifling particulars for her daughters that they may have beauty and why should i not she asks did not latona rejoice in diana's beauty yes but lucretia forbids us to pray for a face like her own and virginia would gladly take rutila's hump and give her own fair form to rutila a handsome son keeps his parents in constant fear and misery so rarely do modesty and good looks go together for though his home be strict and have taught him ways as pure as those of the ancient sabines and though nature besides with kindly hand have lavishly gifted him with a pure mind and a cheek mantling with modest blood and what better thing can nature more careful more potent than any guardian bestow upon a youth he will not be allowed to become a man 
the lavish wickedness of some seducer will tempt the boy's own parents such trust can be placed in money no misshapen youth was ever unsexed by cruel tyrant in his castle never did nero have a bandy-legged or scrofulous favourite or one that was humpbacked or pot-bellied go to now you that revel in your son's beauty think of the deadly perils that lie before him he will become a promiscuous gallant and have to fear all the vengeance due to outraged husbands no luckier than mars he will not fail to fall into the net and sometimes the husband's wrath exacts greater penalties than any law allows one lover is slain by the sword another bleeds under the lash some undergo the punishment of the mullet your dear endymion will become the gallant of some matron whom he loves but before long when servilia has taken him into her pay he will serve one also whom he loves not and will strip her of all her ornaments for what can any woman be she an opia or a catulla denied to the man who serves her passion it is on her passion that a bad woman's whole nature centres but how does beauty hurt the chaste you ask well what availed hippolytus or bellerophon their firm resolve the cretan lady flared up as though repelled with scorn no less furious was the nabia both dames lashed themselves into fury for never is woman so savage as when her hatred is goaded on by shame and now tell me what counsel you think should be given to him whom caesar's wife is minded to wed best and fairest of a patrician house the unhappy youth is dragged to destruction by messalina's eyes she has long been seated her bridal veil is ready the tyrian nuptial couch is being spread openly in the gardens a dowry of one million sesterces will be given after the ancient fashion the soothsayer and the witnesses will be there and you thought these things were secret did you known only to a few but the lady will not wed save with all the due forms say what is your resolve if you say nay to her you will have to perish before the lighting of the lamps if you perpetrate the crime you will have a brief respite until the affair known already to the city and the people shall come to the prince's ears he will be the last to know of the dishonour of his house meanwhile if you value a few days of life so highly obey your orders whatever you may deem the easier and the better way that fair white neck of yours will have to be offered to the sword is there nothing then for which men shall pray if you ask my counsel you will leave it to the gods themselves to provide what is good for us and what will be serviceable for our state for in place of what is pleasing they will give us what is best man is dearer to them than he is to himself impelled by strong and blind desire we ask for wife and offspring but the gods know of what sort the sons of what sort the wife will be nevertheless that you may have something to pray for 
and be able to offer to the shrines entrails and presaging sausages from a white porker you should pray for a sound mind in a sound body for a stout heart that has no fear of death and deems length of days the least of nature's gifts that can endure any kind of toil that knows neither wrath nor desire and thinks that the woes and hard labours of hercules are better than the loves and the banquets and the down cushions of sardanapolis what i commend to you you can give to yourself for it is assuredly through virtue that lies the one and only road to a life of peace thou wouldst have no divinity o fortune if we had but wisdom it is we that make a goddess of thee and place thee in the skies end of satire ten